So you leave in 1979, and how have you evolved since then? What happened? Well, I went back to the Magic Theater. The Magic, in the meantime, John Lyon had reestablished the Magic from living in 2019 Blake Street on, on what was used to be the scene shop. And um, he started the Magic up again and started rebuilding it. In fact, it's never been as good since John Lyon. It's not even close. It's geriatric. Um, uh, but John um, became, like, it became, under John's uh, work, uh, it became not only a major theater in the West Coast, but in the United States, fostered first by Sam Shepard's Buried Child, which got a Pulitzer, and then True West. And uh, I had sent the theater stuff out, my play called um, uh, All Night Long, which I was writing during the Blake Street Hawkeyes. I wrote this play, uh, and I thought, well, I'll just write it because I need to write. I don't need to just gesticulate and make crazy sounds. So I'm going to write a play, not for the Hawkeyes. It just happened to be five people in it, though, which was in the Hawkeyes. But I still did that. And, and then I sent it around to the Eureka and all that stuff, and they did the usual, like, oh, we don't know. And the Eureka at this point was doing, like, Weston and all these kind of leftist plays, like moral didacticism. And it rad gradually became the most important group of people in the country. The people who run the Berkeley Rep uh, came out of the Eureka and the public theater. Right? It's very strange. But they didn't come from anything avant-garde. They came with what I would call the parlor pinko status quo of the Bay Area. You know, they weren't experimenting. They were... No, they were doing theater. They were doing theater. politically correct, correct theater, theater before yeah. it was done. And they won. I mean, because the magic... But at the mat, this time, at this point, the magic was the king dog. And I just said, oh, I'll send it to John. I know that he won't like it. He took like four months and called me up on Thanksgiving. And 79 says, I love this piece. I want to do it. And I went, I drove by and he says, my God, you still have that same camper. And I still do have the same 1969 camper I lived in. I have it now. And um, so then we started a pretty fruitful experience then. I did Ghosts, and I did The Saints of Father Lions, and I won the Bay Area Critics Award when The Examiner and The Chronicle were there, when it wasn't just the little uh, papers. So it was kind of a big deal. And um, so uh, John kind of reestablished my, me as an independent playwright for that point, and I really owe him a lot, and so does everybody in the Bay Area in terms of the magic. I mean, there shouldn't be a Sam Shepard wing. There should be a John Lyon wing. John Lyon acquired that space and from nothing, from absolutely nothing. Yeah, well, I remember when Fort Mason was just becoming. And, yeah, and yeah. he got in there, and he's just, he moved his places to here and to there and to here and to there, using Shepard and Michael McClure and different people that were his, you know, his you know, cash cows, so to speak. And uh, Gorf by Mac Michael McClure was just amazing. And I forgot where that was, but it was in another theater. And then he got the magic, and ever since then, the magic's just gone through one artistic director after another until they don't even, it's a shadow of themselves. Geriatric. Average age when it's my Why do you think that that's happened? Because they have decided not to explore and experiment. They explore within the parameters of the TCG. And believe me, I've gotten some nice grants from TCG. But they all get together and figure which people are the ones that are, we want to make sure that's important, right? So now they're doing this kind of weird art star 
uh, that isn't really an art star because nobody knows about them. But if Susan Laurie Parks is a play, or uh, or um, the woman, uh, um, How I Learned to Drive, what's her name? You know. Uh, yeah, I've I've read that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and all that, and they're not bad. I'm just saying that, that they're really into that. I mean, that's what is that's what we're gonna break. And then they have Hot House, which is. You know, a hot house from everybody that got chosen by Louisville or something like that. So, and, are you talking about uh, what they may consider more economically viable? Exactly. Uh, I so, see. the theater goes to an economic viability, and that's the danger. It's like now. Now, basically, everybody used to cry about, like, well, we're not television and we're not movies. Well, what did they do? At the, at, at, they tried to get TV stars to play in the roles at The Magic. And over at the Berkeley Rep, they want to get movie stars. And, of course, Brian Dennehy and Meryl Streep and Kevin Kline uh, go, and they're great. But that's the money-making people. They come to see the, the movie stars do, you know, Shakespeare or, or Brecht or something like that, you know, at these big, big high-budget theaters. At the expense of the continued creation of theater, and so gradually it loses its popular credibility and the audiences get older and older as people drop away. And it gets controlled by academia. And basically, whenever an art form loses popular popularity at all with the people, it is fostered by academia. So that we have like the Iowa Writers Workshop, which is so famous, you know. And it's so terrible because everybody gets so paranoid. Or Yale, don't send your kid to Yale. They'll get so paranoid they can't believe it because they're the mafia, you know. We are the ones that are doing it. So what they want to do is to create their own buzz, control their own buzz, basically controlled by directors. Artistic directors of most theaters used to be or still are theater directors. Why? Without a play, what is a director? If the director can control the venue, they control the plays that come in. And that's why the big bad wolf has scarfed up the theater and not that horrible little man in the White House. <laughs>